Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, you are listening to High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. I am your host, Chris Williams. This is part two of my interview with the CEO of Outward Media, Paula. Now, listen, for those of you who do not know, go and listen to part one of this interview. Uh, it was amazing. She gave great insight about her background, where she had come from. Uh, just heard some of her perspective on today's world of market space. It's got a lot of insight for it. So please go and download that. But this is part two. In part two, she's really giving you some good understanding, some advice, and a lot of high level wisdom from her perspective. Now, listen, if you have not had an opportunity, please go and share and like and comment on highlevelwisdom.com. You can find us through social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at High Level Wisdom. With that being said, please listen to the CEO of Outward Media, Paula Siochi. So how about the opposite end? Where do you think that millennials are struggling when it comes to building that relationship uh, with boomers, especially the millennials who are a little bit older and they may be mm-hmm. kind of what I call waiting in the wings, right? They're, they're mid-level management maybe now, you know, they, they've had about a decade or so under their belt and maybe they're even already tapped to, to, to come into areas of, of, of you know, leadership, right? Where do you think that they mm-hmm. struggle with building those types of solid foundations with boomers so that they will be able to make that transition into leadership? I think, I think they need to understand the importance of building relationships with people that are older than them, that have more time in the trench, that have a wealth of information in, in their, in their heads that they can impart, impart to them and, and to teach them more at, to be, to be collaborative. Uh, and to understand, uh, that everything doesn't happen in a nanosecond, that, that there's processes that you have to learn with any business that you're involved in. And, and then a workplace and culture that's in- inclusive and, and, as I said before, collaborative. I think on the flip side of that, the, 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 sometimes the ba- millennials think of the baby boomers as just being slow and stodgy and not keeping up with technology and, Part of my issue is, is that, yeah, I understand that we have the technology. I just want somebody else to do it for me. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, because they're faster. Okay. I mean, even my 10 year old nephew can work my phone better than I can. <laughs> and I think that, that they don't recognize or, or, or need to recognize, in better words, that, that, that time in the trench, that time, uh, that time of putting in the time. Of, of in, in different various capacities, maybe even different companies that, that boomers have done, is invaluable in, in knowledge that can be imparted to them if they'll take the time to spend with anybody. I just uh, had a young woman that wanted to meet me the other day that wants to start a, a millennial, wants to start a lingerie business. And we talked about e-commerce. We talked about uh, marketing, because that's what I do. And uh, pitfalls of some of the stuff that she was doing. And 
And then I introduced her to a woman that sells lingerie and has a very successful business uh, online. It's over right over here in LA off of Sepulveda. I introduced her to the CEO of that so she could go pick her brain. I mean, that that's, you're not going to, if you, you have to meet older people to be able to do that, you know, because she, you know, she's looking for direction. And guess what? That, that also helps you, uh, delay time to market. That also helps you circumvent more mistakes than you'd made if you just try to do it on your own. So I think that, that any of these people that are retired, even retired business people, boomers, whoever, they, believe me, they can help a lot. If somebody's entrepreneur and wants to start a business, talk about cutting some corners. If you sit down with people like that, I mean, it's, it's, it's invaluable. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that that's a, that's a, a big key there that I, I, I've, I've, um, noticed is it would be invaluable for any of our listeners today uh, that you bring up that many, uh, people who are starting, whether it's a tech firm, a big tech firm, a small tech firm, or whether you're just, like you said, starting a lingerie business, no matter what you're starting, I think it's something to be said when uh, I hear a lot of millennials start to work on their business. And then one of the questions that I hear consistently from uh, many older uh, veterans who've been entrepreneurs or worked in larger companies, the the number one question I hear them ask is who's on your advisory board. And, and to any listener out there, I would, I would say this and, and Paula, you can, you know, expound on this if you want to, but I think what really helps and sets certain startups and companies apart is when they have the buy-in of a boomer who's willing to invest their time on their advisory board. You have no idea what that does uh, when you can work with someone who's retired or someone who's probably even reinventing their career um, in a sense to where they want to be more right. and more advisory boards that they can offer you advice. They can offer you really good, solid leads and, and, and relationships like you did with that young lady that could, that could take them and, and compress the time and the energy and the headaches mm-hmm. that you would have to expand. Would you say that's kind of a fair statement to add, uh, you know, baby boomers to their advisory boards? You know, I, absolutely, Chris, because I think about, and again, I started my business in 1998, and I can tell you in, in two, I think it was around 2003, I had a lady that was installing software at my office, and she asked me if I had ever heard of, uh, called Techland, but Vistage, and I said, no, why? And she goes, well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a advisory type situation with a chair to, you know, help you with your, you with your business. Do you think you'd like to meet them? I said, sure. So, you know, my, use my coach today came over, and, he said, what do you want to get out of this? And I said, uh, you know what? I don't have any friends that have a, at the time have a business. I think I'm doing okay, but I don't really know. I don't have anybody to benchmark against. I don't really have anybody to talk to that, ha- that goes through what I go through because, you know, they're, they're not self-employed. Uh, and uh, so that was, ended up being my advisory team because I didn't know where else to go get one. And I'm still there today. Then there was some 13 years. But absolutely, because. You know, nobody has all the answers all the time. And as long as I'm in business, I still don't have all the answers all the time. And it's good, it's good to bounce things off of other people to get the in- input because uh, different people see things differently, right? And then process that and, and make decisions going forward. But absolutely advisory board or a person that, that, that's really, you know, one advisor even, but some, somebody that you can talk to that's been around that uh, had a business or, finances and even been involved in something to be able to help you navigate, navigate the waters. What I found out, Chris, was I wasn't doing that bad. <laughs> but I just didn't know. You know? Right, right. 
So being a baby boomer, you know, one of the questions I I like to ask everyone, so I'm going to ask it to you here today. What misconceptions are sitting out there about being a baby boomer? What Which misconceptions do you know that you're just like, you know what? You probably said to yourself before this interview, uh, many years, you said, you know, one day I'm going to get an opportunity to share this thing because I see it all the time and I just think it's a terrible misconception. What would you say is a misconception that you want to share with people, with our listeners today about being a baby boomer? I think uh, one of the misconceptions is is that that we can't keep up with technology. Uh, I can tell you that we're consistently here within my business is, is looking at new technologies and ways of doing things because, as I said earlier, the world is moving so much faster that if we're not staying a little bit ahead of the game, I try to I try to be able to look into the future six months in advance, you know, to see you know where we're, where things are shifting because if you're not there, you're going to get left behind. So I'm not saying all baby boomers are like that, but I think I think a lot are. So and and embracing more technology than, than maybe the millennials think. Maybe we're just not as fast at it, but but I think you know we're we're embracing it. And I think looking at new uh, ideas and new processes to make things better. You know, with with with, with running a business, uh, I think that's important today. Or you kind of gonna get left behind as well. With respect to, I think sometimes you know the older people are looked at as you know you've been on the payroll too long, you know, you're dragging down. The, Company because you because of because of you know you have big salaries that other people people could have etc. I think that's a bit of a, a misnomer too. Um, I think uh, certainly there's dead weight sometimes in big big corporations, but then there's also people that are really valuable, been there a long long time, and contribute to to the company, and they're not necessarily dead weight. So I think that's a little bit. Uh, a little bit of a misperception. Yeah, absolutely. But then you know what? We probably felt the same way. We probably felt the same way when we were young. <laughs> the, 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 right. the older people should get out of the way. You oh, know? <laughs> right. Absolutely. So you you speak to something pretty interesting because I, I think that. Those types of things are are probably plaguing every generation when the generational shift happens in the workforce. But what about the baby boomer who, you know, is is raising their hand? They've been working in their company for however many decades. And they're going to raise their hand and they're going to say, hey, I'm retiring. I'm, I'm done. You know, and and one of the things that, that I see with working with different corporations and you read a lot of articles about it and you talk to different people, HR execs especially, are, are having this fear of losing that institutional knowledge. When a baby boomer raises their mm-hmm. hand and she says, hey, I'm retiring and She's retiring like in a year, but the time goes by so fast. And as an exec, they have to pull out that institutional knowledge. Not only do they have to do that, but they got to hand that off to somebody else. What would, right. you, what would you say to that baby boomer who is looking at retirement? It, it's coming soon, but maybe they want to, you know, maybe reinvent themselves. Maybe they want to stay in the same company, but they, they don't know how to reinvent themselves as an entrepreneur, maybe. What would you say that the baby boomer in that position may need to look at and some advice that you would give them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I think probably, you know, I've been out of the corporate environment for a long time, but I think probably uh, because, that, as you said, the, the, if you don't impart that knowledge and continue, then, then there's going to be breakdowns in the system, right, in a big company. I think I think a lot of the big companies and just just from hearing friends I know that like consult to bigger companies that they probably do want them to stay around and you can reinvent kind of reinvent the wheel if you go in and say 
you know, this is what I want to do, but I want to do it on a consulting basis. I'm not an employee anymore. This is how many hours I can give. And this is, and this is, you know, what I can, what I can be available for and what I can do for the company for as long as the company probably wants them to do it. I think the flip side of that, if, if that's not available, and I think you use the word, uh, how did you say intra? Yeah, intrapreneur. Entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, um, I think another thing that, that, that you could do is, is really be a, um, an, uh, an asset or available to mentor a young people. I have a couple of women that I make myself available to for the, their starting businesses. I don't ask them for any money or anything. I, I do it because I want to do it. And I think one day I probably will do it full time. You know, once I decide to um, exit, exit the business, uh, I think I will do that. And I think, and that's a way to stay engaged, be, be busy, giving something back to the community. And, 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 you know what? I wish somebody had been around when I first started, you know, to help me. And I think um, that's a way to keep your brain active and, and, to, and, to, and to stay involved. So I think you probably had two opportunities. Try to reinvent yourself within the same corporation if they would allow you to or offer yourself up. The, you know, I live in Los Angeles. There's plenty of people that would want somebody to talk to to help them, uh, you know. Be a, be an entrepreneur. You know, every, you know, the only thing is, is you know, everybody wants to be the next Google or the next Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. You know, it's probably not going to happen. Right. But <laughs> you can certainly, you know, found a business and have a good, solid business and enjoy growing it and have have your life, you know, lifestyle and uh, uh, that you want, you know, financially. Employ people. You know, obviously, you know, small businesses are employing more people than corporations. And then, and then, you know. Go to the next, go to that next level. One, I think one of those two ways would work. Absolutely. So, uh, one of the things our, our listeners will, will find out about you, um, not only through this interview, but sure, looking at what you do, you have a, a really big passion for helping women in business. And I, I would like to know what would you, what kind of advice would you give a, a, a millennial woman who may be sitting mid level management? Who knows that, you know, she's trying to get noticed, you know, she's trying to, you know, she wants to continue to move up and, and, and she knows she's got the, the, the skill or maybe she knows she has a deficiency and she's got to, you know, be able to figure that out through experience. Right. What would you say to that mm-hmm. particular millennial woman who, who is trying to, 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 to push through that ceiling and, and, and become part of the senior leadership of a company? What kind of advice would you give her? You have to be heard. You have to be seen. And, you know, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's still a little, little bit of a, of a, of a, a man's world. Okay. And so I think a woman has to kind of step it up a little bit more still. And, and part of that is owning the room, you know, getting your voice heard, coming up with solutions to problems and taking on things that maybe nobody else wants to do and improving, you know, improving yourself. And I think also being able to Speak more, be able to do presentations more with the company where you, where you are noticed, where people can see what your talents are and what you bring to the table and, you know, what kind of problems you can solve within your department. Uh, I think it's being seen and being heard. And, and that's another, you know, of course, that's another reason why I left corporate America. I was told I wasn't allowed to talk. I thought, well, I can't talk. I can't be here. (laughs) I'm going to talk. (laughs) I, being seen, being heard, I think getting speaking engagements and, and things and being knowledgeable in your space 
working towards becoming a, a, a thought leader. And there's a lot of books and information out there on how to become a thought, a thought leader for your industry. And that also propels you, I think, uh, up beyond the middle management because th- th- those are the people that are going to get noticed by upper management, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I know you have a, a really strong, uh, heart for that and, and helping, uh, you know, young women be able to not only start their businesses, but, you know, to, to grow them to, to your point, right? So that they can have the quality of life that they know they deserve, uh, whether, whether it's, you know, tech firm or, you know, in, in, in the example that you gave, you know, just starting a lingerie business. And so, mm-hmm. so one of the things I would like to know is that there's obviously, benefits on both sides. There's benefits, you know, from what a millennial does, uh, you know, what, what baby boomers bring. What would you say has been the biggest benefit that you've received from having millennials interacting with you on a day-to-day basis? I think the willingness and the desire to work in teams versus creating little silos and fiefdoms and, you know, not collaborating. I think, uh, I think they like to collaborate. They prefer to be in a team, which is, uh, I think it's a big deal. Cause I, it certainly wasn't like that when I was in corporate, in corporate America, but, but, you know, but even within the business, I think a smaller business, I think that's important. I think it lends to the cohesiveness of the, the business and the team, like the team within. I think the being open to their innovation and ideas that they come up with. And even if, you know, I've even, if I didn't think it was really going to be that great of an idea, I've even let some of them be done just to see, okay? Because you don't want, you also don't want to stifle creativity or innovation where people don't think that they're being heard. So some things work, some things don't. But being open to new ideas that they come up with. I think the the energy level that, that they impart their um, freshness and, and desire to learn and learn new things and master new things. Uh, and the fact that they, uh, you know, move fairly quickly. I think also, you know, I know I keep harping on it, but, you know, back to the, the technology thing. I mean, they really, they really, really embrace the technology better than in, in, any, any group I've seen, you know, in the workplace over the Gen X or the Y. You know, they're, they're, they're wired. Just, just, uh, before we wrap up here, uh, we always like to be able to get, you know, recommendations. We want to be able to make sure that we're empowering our listeners. Uh, more pointedly, we also want to empower the, you know, millennials who are listening, uh, to, to this interview. So what books would you recommend, uh, that millennials should, should be listening to that you would say, you know what? I think the, you know, this is a good book that, you know, is really, really helpful. For everyone, a book that I've read was First Break All the Rules, and that's a really good book for people that are aspiring to be managers or already managers on how to think, do things differently to succeed and, and, to, and to build a, a team that, that's going to be effective within the work environment. And that's probably even more so for like maybe if you're working at a larger company. It, it's a fascinating book. I read it a few years back and, and I, I learned a lot on, you know, because there's you know, management and leadership, but you know, in terms of managing, it's, 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 they're two different things. And and by the way, I didn't even realize it. You know, at one point that management and leadership were two different things. You know, when I first was starting out in business, so they're definitely two different things. And this book for anybody that's involved in any kind of management or aspires to, um, it's it's engaging. It's not what you would think it would be in terms of how to manage people. And it's written by Marcus 
Buckingham and Kurt, C-U-R-T, Kaufman with a C, C-O-F-F-M-A-N, probably one of the largest studies uh, of its kind and, and, uh, that was done for how to manage teams. Another book I wanted to recommend, I know you only asked for one, but an- another book I wanted to recommend was Out Front by uh, Deborah Shames, S-H-A-M-E-S. She's a trainer for speaking and creating uh, memorable presentations that you know, aren't dry and everybody falls asleep with PowerPoint because they've seen it a hundred times. Yeah, she, she actually, I, I work with Deborah, and uh, she actually uh, trains uh, women in particular how to, uh, not doesn't have to be women, but she likes to focus on women uh, on how to, um, to speak and present and uh, own the room, so to speak. And then the book is, is, is geared to, uh, for women, on, specifically for women to, um, to, to, to speak versus, versus a man. So it's that kind of told from that point of view. So that's, that's a book that I've read. And uh, there's actually one other, uh, uh, Charlotte Beers. I'm going shoot. Charlotte Beers, B-E-R-S. She passed away last year. She, she ran Ogilvy and Mather and went all the way to the top of whoever the holding company was for that and ran it worldwide. Died at 81 last year. And I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Chris, when I find out, I'll get it over to you through the listeners. Absolutely. Sorry, I can't remember, but it, but if, if you Google her, the book will come up. She wrote a book on also for how, how, how women to set themselves apart in the boardroom and in the room and to, and to get noticed. And it is very, very entertaining. Many stories told, examples told of, of women coming, showing up one way and then learning to be a different way and getting promoted and, and, you know, increasing, as you mentioned, going uh, up into the C-suite. Well, yeah, I actually, I actually, Chris, I actually got to see her speak. She was, uh, she was very, very engaging and very powerful. And so, so what that tells you, you know, cause she came from nowhere and she died at 80 last year. So she was really before anybody, women were in business. Wow. And so it said, what, what that tells you is really anybody could do it. You know, it's just, you got to want to do it. That's right. And then have the tools, the tools, the advice, the mentorship. And, and, and there are plenty of people out there willing, willing to, or wanting to mentor young people because you know what? It's, it's kind of fun and you get something out of it. And, and they're like, the young people are like sponges. They want to learn and, and, and the ones that do, you know, want to learn and then, and guiding them. It's, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's not just them getting something out of it. The, the mentor is as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, Paula, this has been an awesome interview. You have given us much insight and ideas, and uh, we look forward to being able to share this with, with everyone. And for those who are listening, please ensure that you download this, share this with your friends, make sure that you are letting people know that there are people like Paula out here who are not only just uh, working in her business, but she's also worked on her business to make it successful. But she's also working to empower other entrepreneurs and other women as well. So Paula, we thank you for joining us today and for your time. Hey, hey Chris, Chris, I just remember the name of the book. Awesome. I'd rather be in charge. I'd rather be in charge. I like that. I like that title. <laughs> by Charlotte Beers. I'd it, rather be in charge. That sounds like the theme. The theme. The theme for your entire corporate your journey, right? <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, but you know what, Chris? You, you could go back to me in second grade. My mother would say, "I always wanted to be in charge." So I guess I found my niche. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are thankful for your time today, Paula. Well, this was very enjoyable, Chris. Thank you. 
Well, that wraps up another great interview here on High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. In the next episode, learn from a CEO who is today's real-life Willy Wonka from the Chocolate Factory himself. He's going to tell you about his insights, how he got started, and more importantly, how did he even get into this business in the first place? We'll see you next week. Hey, are you enjoying this podcast and episode? Maybe you would like to have your product or service in this spot right here. If you're interested in advertising with us, feel free to send us an email at info at highlevelwisdom.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.